1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. this is The Rob Black Show. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do mean that. I know that you have options out there, and I'm always thrilled and happy to hear that you and I have ultimately found each other. Wow. This market is... Um. Just when you're like, yeah, we're gonna resolve ourselves to go with what Ukraine and Russia gives us. We're gonna resolve ourselves to higher inflation. We're gonna resolve ourselves to six interest rate hikes throughout the rest of this year, one at every meeting. Pretty much so a backdrop that makes it tougher, a headwind. Um, Swimming upstream, higher oil, higher inflation, higher cost of money those don't add up Uh, higher fertilizer cost should equal higher food higher food should equal higher inflation and yet with all the headwinds the market continues to surprise sometimes on the upside um so there's a lot to talk about there yesterday all everything i saw was in the green it was one of those days where let me look at my screen real quick uh just the stocks that we talk about on a regular basis on this show whether it be coca-cola pepsi mastercard visa mcdonald's or starbucks spotify or nvidia verizon or at and i saw a couple of income funds like a realty income fund that was a little bit lower tied towards real estate that's one that we don't talk about enough but uh check out ticker symbol, oh, if you want to see things that come into my world that may not be into your world, it has a 4.4% dividend yield, and it's a play on real estate. The company structured as a REIT, a real estate investment trust. Doing a little bit of education 101 with you right now, what is a REIT? Back in the 1960s, Congress got together and came up with a law that basically said, you know what? Americans want to own real estate, but they only know what's in their own backyard. That's how stupid they are. So they go out and buy a house in Virginia if they were raised in Virginia. They go out and buy a house in California if they were raised in California. What about earthquakes? Uh, They were raised, so they they have no fear. But Congress in their wisdom, and this was maybe when Congress had some wisdom, I think did a really, really nice job of identifying something that could help people our Congress came up with a 401k to supplement your income with, from social security or social security supplemented your lifetime wages. But they said, Hey, you know, you may need more than that. A 401k. I had to speak to some teachers a couple of years ago. I had a, uh, basically a teacher union conference where you are getting the teachers up to speed on the basics of financial planning. Because when, kid comes out of college and they're 21 22 years old and they have a teaching degree and they they get into the teaching system you want to keep them there as long as you can and one of the things you want them to do is is learn how to plan for when they turn 50 55 60 and want to retire teachers get a pretty good pretty good gig i know you're saying yeah you try to educate 20 kids in a classroom that's fair but you work for you know nine months you get the summers off You put in 20 years 25 years 30 years and you get a pension Uh, pension means you get a check when you're 56 and you get a check when you're 57 and you get a check when you're 58 Um, if you're no longer teaching if you've put in your time you've earned it but one thing that they don't really teach teachers uh, because we don't really have financial planning classes in high school or college they're starting to be more is what if you want to live off more than 50% or 60% or 40% of your salary? Whatever the pension comes out to, how many every years you put in, you're not getting 100, 120, 150%. You get a, a slice of it. So talking to the teachers, I, I try to educate. And one of the areas that I I think Congress did well was creating the 401k, which is just basically 401k, a, a part of the IRS code system. It allows us to tax defer money, pay no federal income tax, sock it away every two weeks. If it's in a nonprofit, it would be a 403b, a 457. Those are all things that you've probably heard of in the past. They're just vehicles to supplement your income in retirement. They're just vehicles to put a little more pressure on you to save for yourself if you want to live a nicer lifestyle. Social security, I think, was kind of meant for widows and children, not really for people to live to 102. But another thing Congress came up with were called REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, and that would allow you to go out and buy an office building. Whoa, you say. A medical building. Yeah! Uh, Movie theater chains, uh, the locations. Okay, okay, okay. And the kicker is, is the government gives you a tax benefit to the company if they structure real estate in a trust. You've heard about putting your house in a trust and you're able to pass on efficiently through the tax system, your profits. I kind of like REITs as my most no 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 no, most as a way of putting income into my portfolio at retirement. Do you remember how I told you ticker symbol? Oh, it's got a four point four percent dividend yield. You're not going to get that at a bank right now. It's got 6,500 real estate properties, long term leases, commercial clients. Um, Is it right for everyone? Nope. But you get to own the real estate and. You get to own the management of businesses on top of it. That's where it can get kind of tricky. There's no doubt about it. Um, Businesses got a business like WeWork was, and you've probably seen WeWork on Apple TV. Great, great um, characterization of how nutty the Bay Area got with coming up with business plans that we didn't really need. WeWork was valued as a multi-billion dollar company. And what they did was they'd go into an office, They'd lease a floor and then they'd sublease the space inside that lease. And when you have a roaring tech economy, you can get away with that because I've got this new great idea. I'm going to be a concert promoter in Australia, as we're going to call it, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And we want to have an international presence, but we don't want to have offices in London and in San Francisco and New York. So you basically rent or sublease a space, put two or three people in it, share a secretary with, Twenty-five other companies trying to come up with the same crazy wackadoodle ideas. So I, I like REITs. I'm pro REITs. Um, obviously, they differ like Golden Play. And one of the things you could do to like see that is pull up the last five years. In last, you know, since 2000, this was a forty-eight dollar stock. Now it's a sixty-six dollar stock. That's great movement, and it paid a four point four percent dividend yield along the way. So you got the safety of the income coming in on a regular basis, which is really important to retirees. Um, It's really important to me when there's a sideways to down year that I offset some of that by saving more through income. But if you take a look at the last like 2018 level of the stock, pre-pandemic, it's still below where it was. But it's had that dividend yield the whole time. So again, you're kind of getting something out of it. It's almost like watching a tv show that you don't really terribly enjoy you're not getting the growth from it anymore but there's an actor actress that you really like to look at on screen or who's really dynamic or who gives great performances Now, if you pull out a chart of O oh, since the 1995 it has gone from 10 to 66 it has had great long-term growth slow long-term growth steady long-term growth but income always along the way don't not look at REITs, or maybe a better way of saying that is take a look at REITs, R-E-I-T-S, and you can go to investinreits.com, learn a little bit about it, study it, see if it's right for you. It's not an easy fix, but it's it's part of your plan. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Every now and then, something tickles my fancy, and I like to share it with you because we're closing in on April 15th, let's talk a little bit about taxes. And taxes are obviously a success sign, which is a weird thing to say out loud because to you, taxes might be punishment. I'm saying success. When I got into the industry 20, 25 years ago, one of the very first things I did was a spectacular, uh, like 30 day trade. My boss was like, that's amazing. He just made like 75% move in 30 days. Clients are going to be happy, except for the old people who have to pay taxes on it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I turned $10,000 into $17,000 for this client in one trade. And they're upset that they have to give back 20% of it to the government. Yep. Old people don't like paying taxes. I'm like, you're kidding. And it was very eye-awakening to me. And as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm moaning and groaning about my taxes. And trust me, it's the success that I'm filling out in 1099s from North Carolina and 1099s from state of Washington. It is a success, but at the same time, I feel like, oh, let's make life easier. Um, I told the spouse, I'm like, and I, I mean this. I said, I would have been much happier had I just, you know. I think a lot of people go back to their college towns because that's when they only had one job was to be a student and to fall in love with a member of the opposite spouse. And they didn't have the weight of raising children. They didn't have the weight of, you know, making mistakes in life. They didn't have the weight of working for a boss who you don't really like, which I'm really sad because my boss in radio, he's retiring in a couple of weeks. I'm going to tell you good bosses. They should be rewarded and loved. Like I know there's employee, Uh, of the month. I know there's employee appreciation, but a good boss is, is, is pretty darn sweet. Okay, so let's talk about taxes. More than half of American households paid no federal income tax last year. What do you think the number of households who paid no income tax last year was? I already said it's over half. 57% 57% of households paid no federal income tax. And yet you turn on the news and, you know, we've got drones that can send a missile out a bazillion miles an hour into the mouth of a dictator's back molar and blow them up. We have roads, not in great condition. We've got airports. We've got bridges. We have Social Security. We've got Medicare. We've got medical. We have all these programs that are that cost money. Where doctors are like, you know, if I'm going to do hope and heart surgery, I'm going to get paid. And if, you, if you're not paying any federal income tax, someone is. Fifty-seven percent of Americans paid no federal income tax last year, and we live in a world where it's 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 we're cool with that. That's bizarre to me. But then again, that starts getting this whole Republican Democrat vibe of, could you at least get a vaccine if you're not going to pay? Income tax so that people can go to work. And then you're like, oh, that's just mean to say. You're, you can't tell people what to do with their body. And you're like, well, that's just mean because we want to get back to work. You're this. It's just insane. 57% of families, households paid no income tax. That's up substantially from 44% before the pandemic. So our nation has taken on a lot of debt. A lot of debt. Billions and billions and billions, which become trillions and trillions. And later in life, they become trillions and trillions and trillions. I don't even want to look up what's after trillion. Gazillion, bazillion, uh, infinity, what's next, right? It's not my problem. It's going to be my kid's problem. Federal income taxes are just part of the overall tax burden, though, as we know. I think it's fair to say we have a gasoline tax in California. We have a very high sales tax. When you die, there's an estate tax. There is state tax in California as well. You may not be paying federal, but you might be paying state. Tax Policy Center estimated that a plan calling for Americans to pay at least $100 in income taxes would raise over $100 billion in revenue in 2022. But that plan would be considered incredibly regressive, even though in California we're talking about Let's give anyone who has a car a $400 credit card and say, go get $400 of gas. We know gas is high, we appreciate you. We have a little bit of a surplus in California due to people buying real estate, real estate, real estate. So let's give that money back to people in the form of of a gas tax rebate. And you're like, oof. Let's go back to that real quick thought. If we got every American Household to pay hundred dollars. We pull in over hundred billion dollars in revenue. That's a lot. More than eighty percent of the tax increase would be paid by households making about fifty-four thousand or less, and ninety-seven percent would be paid by those making more than hundred percent, hundred thousand dollars. <throat> Trying to say let's increase taxes at a time where we're kind of doing that weird. Let's get out of COVID. Let's dance through this inflation maze. Let's hope Ukraine and Russia doesn't end in some sort of nuclear strike. And let's tax households another $100. And we'll be able to pay for things like what we really want as a nation. And I I, I caught myself there because I was going to say like cancer research or putting men on Mars or putting like this stuff costs money. 57% of households pay no tax. And the idea of asking families to pay $100 would pull in $100 billion, and there's no way we can do it. And we jumped from 44% of households paying no tax to 57%. I don't know. This kind of stuff can make your head kind of explode, right? How do you feel about the tax system in America? Is it too much? Isn't it weird we live in a state where uh, we live in a country where you can go like Elon Musk. I just made a hundred billion dollars and in California, I'm going to have to pay a lot of taxes or I could shimmy down to Texas and contribute nothing. Now, again, we're not getting into that argument of did he contribute or not, because he's come up with a car design that has revolutionized the world. Companies like Ford and GM are copying him. Should he be rewarded? Absolutely. And he has been rewarded. Should he be allowed to create such a vehicle in the state of California and in the last second say, oh, by the way, before those stock options turn to cash for me, I'm going to slide over and, and be efficient. I have some problems with that, right? Do you? When people use the system to, to its fullest advantage legally, it just feels like, eh, did you really have to do that? Uh, and you, you kind of start feeling dumb. I'm like, I'm stupid old Rob. I'll just stay here and I'll pay my taxes. See you, Elon. Taxes make people a little crazy. Do you remember when Steve Forbes ran for president? He said, let's just do a flat tax. Let's let's turn the IRS into one page instead of millions and millions and millions of pages on how to figure out taxes instead of a whole industry CPAs. We could put them not all out of business, but many of them out of business by going with a flat tax and you figure out 12.3% or 9.4%, but then you get in the States, they want to cut, then you get the local taxes are very mind-boggling. It, it sucks integrating that into your financial plan, right? But you have to, you really do. You really, really do. You can find me on lot Rob Roblox Show, Twitter, Roblox Show, YouTube, Roblox Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show.
0: A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com.
1: Do you remember the, the movie Gangs of New York? I maybe I saw it. That was one of those period pieces where you're like, uh, do we need another mafia movie that's just in a different time era of New York? And I think we kind of do. And that used to be Uber and uh, New York City taxis. They did not like each other. And Uber's come in. And I, re- yeah, I remember my first Uber ride. I'm sure you remember your first Uber ride. And I remember being in an apartment waiting, like just watching the little red dot on the map, like it's getting closer. It's Should we go downstairs now? Should we go downstairs? And it, it was strange and Then I remember doing that for my family from the East Coast who would come to visit. They'd be like, what is this? Oh, should we wait for the little red, dot, little red dot to get closer? So Uber expects the service to start rolling out later this spring. Passengers will pay about the same for a taxi ride as an Uber ride. The historic alliance of different colored sedans will offer much needed drivers for Uber, which is experiencing a shortage throughout the country. Interesting, right? Do you remember how you kind of got used to Instacart, how you got used to DoorDash and Uber Eats, and you're like, wait, wait, how does DoorDash have employees? And you start just freaking, how does Instacart, what's the, you start going, it's labor. There's people that need to be in their body there. Like my spouse is uh, resigning from a job and every other, because she just wants to spend a little time with the kids, like kind of thing great resignation. It's a lot of things going on, right? We moved last year, so physically we're in a way different location. So she had kind of announced it. So she's like, I can leave now. I can leave in three months. I can leave in six months, what have you. And every department inside the museum called her and said, do you want to come work for our department? Do you want to come work for our department? That's how tough labor is right now. I'm not saying you should feel sexy going to work, but you should be in pretty high demand at your office right now. You might not be in an industry where you're appreciated, but even Uber can appreciate the guys from the yellow cabs. So disrupting taxi services was the name of the game for Uber. I can tell you my first Uber drive. I can also tell you my first cab drive in New York. I can tell you my first cab drive in San Francisco. I'm not very aggressive on the street. Uh, I'm not aggressive in life. I don't, you know, I, I have problems saying you to a waiter. What do you think I'm going to have well, when it comes to flagging down a cab at lunchtime when three other people are trying to flag down the same side cab on a corner? I hated the process, especially in cities like New York and San Francisco. Co founder and former CEO Travis Kalanick, he resigned from the company in 2017 amid reports of a toxic work culture where you had to get the bro culture going to hate the cabbies. And that led to sexual harassment in the office. Um, The whole culture was very spiteful towards cabbies. And I could use some colorful language here. I'll let you do that. Uber's low fare prices and easier driver onboarding basically caused taxi medallion prices in New York City to plummet in the last 10 years, leading over 1,000 drivers to file for bankruptcy. Several taxi drivers died by suicide, which advocates ultimately blamed on mounting financial pressures caused by Uber. That's one thing I've never understood is suicide. And again, I know you're saying, you live a privilege life, Rob. I know. I, I, to me, there's got to be a better option. Uber sees taxis as its future and has a goal of listing every taxi in the world on its app. Uber's trying to be all things and I kind of like it right now if you take a look at their app. You can order concert tickets, you can make dinner reservations. You can book services like massages. Now again, I I don't know how deep we're going to go into Uber and get that fulfilled, but you know, Apple said, "Let's come up with another business plan to get people more deep into us." So Apple came out with a business plan trying to be all things to all people yesterday. And it's now been announced that the next subscription you might get is for an iPhone. (laughs) The other day, my wife tends to botch words and she called her optometrist and she wanted her prescription refilled, but she said she wanted her subscription refilled. And I started laughing to the point that she started laughing while she's leaving a message for the doctor. And then she started laughing so hard she peed herself (laughs) because I was just making fun of her for botching the words subscription and prescription. But the next subscription you want might be an iPhone, not a prescription. According to Bloomberg, Apple's working on a launch of a subscription service for the iPhone and other Apple hardware, similar to an auto leasing program. You know, people who lease cars, same idea. Potential subscription service could make device ownership similar to paying for a monthly app fee. And it could actually roll in apps like Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Health, apple bank apple bought a credit rating company earlier this week where instead of going how many online payments have you had it it actually looks through your bank accounts and says wait this guy he's got a, a here it says drugs so he's spending half his salary on drugs he's excellent for credit no that'd be an awful one right So it actually looks through your financial statements to figure out like, oh, he has a house and oh, he's made payments on time. But oh, um, he's shopping at Safeway versus shopping at Molly Stones. So Apple's going to get into a subscription service, not a prescription service. Hardware subscriptions supposed to start as late as the end of 2022. At some point in time, smaller, cheaper, faster, right? Do you think the phone's going to max out no, nah, we keep saying that, but we keep going for more megapixels. We keep going for more cameras. We keep going, like we keep buying the, the, the trash. And I, I'll, I'll admit it. If I lived the lifestyle, I wouldn't mind leasing a car every year. Uh, getting a new car every year would be like, sweet. I find that incredibly wasteful. I find that to be not a good use of money. Um, I'd rather give money to charity than to do that. But I get people that want to do that. So, where do we go with this story? Do you need, would you, hmm, would you pay $600 a year to get a new phone every two years, every year, every year and a half? You get the damaged things thrown in as well? Yeah, you kind of see where Apple wants to go. I don't know, it's too early and we don't have enough details, is what I'm going to finally say, but it really shows you the reach of Apple. When they get so many services, they can start bundling things. And say six hundred dollars for a year for a brand new phone every year, but we'll say six hundred five, and we'll give you unlimited storage of all your photos. We'll say six hundred ten, and give you Apple TV. Oh, you're going to get music for free because you just bought two services; you get third one for free. You see how it kind of works. Um, and also, like Apple Pay, are you using it more? I think during the pandemic, I started using Apple Pay more, and sometimes Apple Pay comes up with their Apple Card. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to change it. That's just too much. I, I could go with my Chase smart card, but there's someone behind me like, no, no, no. I, I'll just do the Apple one. And I get points for my next Apple product. Like, how stupid am I? <clears throat> an Amazon drone crashed, sparked an acres wide fire last summer. How long until Amazon gets sued for a drone? that crashes and causes a fire that burns down homes. You're like, "Oh no, that's PG&E." No, it's actually Amazon in this case. Interesting, right? I still don't see how drones are going to deliver packages. And I'm only bringing that up because I've been to the south where people sit on their patios and shoot squirrels. I've I've see, isn't a drone just a moving squirrel? Startup founders are bracing for a downturn. One of the things we're going to see now is the funding as interest rates move higher isn't going to be as generous so venture capitals are growing cautious some startups are turning to extension rounds small rounds of funding from existing ones new investors in which they sell shares at the same prices as those previous financing rounds so the house of cards doesn't continually get built up tiktok is being sued by content moderators who claim to be traumatized by their work Well, we saw this one coming, didn't we? Social media giant removed tens of millions of videos last year for violating its platform rules. Moderators claim they were subjected to disgusting videos and offered no mental health support. Have you watched a disgusting video? I hate to say it, but I think I get sucked into them. Where there's like, oh, there's a video and it says NSF Debbie, not safe for work. American reporter gets head cut off and you're like, it can't be that bad, right? We've seen horror movies. And then it's like 10 times worse than a horror movie. And you're like, I can't unsee that. Can you imagine being paid by Apple or Facebook to, to look at what all the degenerates of America are posting? It's like, oh, adorable kittens. Oh, wait, wait, there's a hammer. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think we figured this one out yet. So I can get content moderators having trauma. Do I I think it's legit? Do I think they should just quit? I don't know. I'm good at some things. I'm not good at others. In the world of technology, Ukraine is using facial recognition technology to identify dead Russian soldiers and inform their families. How cruel, how awesome, how, what is going on? There's a company called Clearview AI. The Ukrainian government has allegedly been identifying potential Russian infiltrators attempting to enter the country at checkpoints. And started sending messages to their, because Putin's not exactly bringing the body bags back yet. As soon as the bodies start coming back and moms start losing their kids, moms freak out and moms cause revolutions. Moms cause real estate prices to go higher and moms cause revolutions. That's my statement of the day. Um, Using facial, how's that for an invasion of privacy, right? I can't wait for the day when someone's sending me a text of my kid and going, look what your kid did today. I'm like, don't take pictures of my kids. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Docs are having an interesting back half of March after having rough, 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 rough times getting through January, February, and March. Halfway through March, we're like, okay, that's enough. And my portfolio went from being down... for the year, down 4% for the year. Yesterday I think I was break-even for the year. Pretty close. I'll check in in a couple minutes because my stuff doesn't start until the following day. Doesn't update. But I think the chips are stacked against the market right now. And I'm not like I just don't get excited when things are too easy, and I don't get excited when things are too too hard. Is what I'm trying to get at to start the segment. I see a game of poker here where one guy at the table has all the chips and the player has like three and how are three chips going to be a hundred thousand chips? Probably not. Right. And that's where I see our economy right now. Many people see a 50% chance or greater of a recession. CNBC ran a poll yesterday at the end of the day of what percent chance it's a Twitter poll. What percent chance of recession do you see in 2022 or 2023? And it was 25, 50, 75, or 100%. And it was unanimously 100% because individuals think a little bit more negative. You know, we, we get caught up in it. We go, well, there's oil, high oil, there's inflation. And Rob said the other day that food inflation is going to be a problem in the next year, but it'll also be even worse because fertilizer prices are going up. Everything's true. And inflation will eat away at the one thing that really drives the market over the long term earnings. So I think the chips are stacked against the market right now. And yet the market's behaving pretty normal. I talked to my financial planner, Brad, yesterday, and we're starting to move some of our winners sideways. Um, We're starting to book some of those gains and saying, okay, not book, but transfer it to like our children so it's no longer a tax burden for us and they get a lower tax basis. Um, so it's during the good times of 2022, just in case that recession comes and just in case people start saying the R word, the I word, not the N word, the R word, the I word recession and inflation, not the N word. But when we start talking the R word and the I word, chips are stacked. Those are the, the $50,000 chips the other guy has. And you're, you're sitting there with a little $10 chips. It's Paul Revere. Recession is coming. Recession is coming. Recession is coming. In the end, I like recessions because they kill inflation. Um, They send people to the unemployment line and that kills wage inflation. It kills, you know, it makes competition for the job better. I think of myself as highly educated and I'd rather an employer judge me next to you, the guy who's lowly educated. When times are bad everyone can get it but no. when times are good everyone can get a job right now america's trying to reopen and like i told you my wife is uh she works for a company where it's kind of like an admin you know fundraiser for the company helps put together reports and she's like yeah i think it's time for me to move on to another project guys um i'll give you two weeks i'll give you two months and every head of every department asked her to stay and move to her their department You want to like touch the art? You want to like meet the artists? You want to like sell tickets? You want like, where do you want to work? And we'll put, we'll plug you in. And and that's kind of what we're facing right now. We need labor in the United States. And ultimately when things get tough, we'll be begging for that data entry job. We'll be begging for that admin job. But it's not time right now. Bank of America talked the good, the bad and the ugly. Now that is something I can get behind. When a financial institution says, okay, inflation can be good, but inflation can be bad. Inflation can be, like, I love analysis like that. Commodities are a common inflation hedge, but the Russia-Ukraine war has stressed their necessity. The raw material supply chains of both countries have been disrupted by the conflict. Stocks, cryptocurrencies, and real estate are just a few of the asset classes to grab headlines in the last 52 weeks. Inflation sitting hitting a 40 year high. This is, they got some better chips on their side than you and I have on our side. An economic slowdown spells trouble for asset classes typically. But then again, we're starting to stay, say things like Tina, there's no alternative. And that's when you kind of get stupid. I talk with EP's director of portfolio strategy every Monday and for the last 52 weeks, we've been talking a little bit like, yeah, we know stocks are expensive. And yeah, we know that you know we're a little fragile on the economic recovery. COVID can derail us, Russia can derail us, high inflation can derail us, higher interest rates can derail us. But there's really no other alternative. And that's when you kind of get stupid. It's I'll pay 15 times earnings. No, no, I'll pay 20 times earnings. No, no, I'll pay 25 times earnings. So, as if you're lonely and you're willing to stretch yourself a little further just so you can have a little companionship in the stock market. So Bank of America is saying the good. A good scenario right now would be if Russia-Ukraine conflict finds a quick resolution, restoring global markets and commodity trade flows to their previous equilibriums. We were having what was looking to be a nice recovery in 2022 if COVID didn't roar. And it did start to roar in China. Oil, it'll normalize in the good scenario. It'll trade between $80 and $110 a barrel. Gas will um, catch up with the supply chain and ultimately be cut in about half of cost. But there's a lot going on between oil prices over $100 a barrel, gas prices continuing to creep higher, aluminum, copper. And then you get into like, what about a super bad scenario? So I like when a group like a bank of America says, here's the good, the bad, and badly. And if you can read articles and research reports on that, I think you're better off. Um, I like it when you can look at yourself and almost beat yourself up. It shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be like, oh yeah, there's no other alternative. Stocks are going to roar higher. I'll pass the buck on later to someone. Nah, there's always hell to pay. Same thing on the bottom. It's so awful, I'm going to sell it. No, 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 no. That's when you should be buying. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show